Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. short break from our series. We find ourselves in Paul's letter to the Philippians, where Paul is continuing on the back of talking about struggles and how to proceed through them. And it's almost as if having spoken about these things and dropping bombshells, he feels the need to provide them with some kind of encouragement, but equally some kind of practical advice and things that they could do that would help themselves and also to help him. He makes a, a, a passionate plea to them to continue to pray for him. And in verses 1 and 2, he says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Paul is saying that there are many things in our world that will come to steal our joy and to steal things from us, but one of the things that we need to make sure is that we're not stealing one another's joy, that we're not stealing from one another, that when we find ourselves part of this community, this family of God, that we're not looking to tear each other down, but we're looking to try and encourage one another, that everyone may actually experience more of this joy of Jesus in their life. He continues on in verse 3 saying, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. And that's the key to this morning. The, the key message this morning is it's all about humility. And the key thing with humility is that it's not thinking less of yourself. It's not about pushing yourself down. Humility is about thinking of yourself less. So, it's not about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. So we're making sure that we always have an eye toward the other person, that we don't get too consumed by our own little world and our own preferences, the things that get in the way of us being able to serve others and to encourage one another. And you'll see that I've titled this morning's sermon, A Humble Gratitude. The key thing for us to remember this morning is that all we have all that God has blessed us with ultimately isn't really ours. We may well have worked really hard and have been financially compensated for that, but we need to remember that God has blessed us in our lives, and not everyone is materially or financially rich, but that everyone has the opportunity to be rich in the kingdom sense 
that we all have that opportunity, like I spoke about earlier, of that everlasting, eternal life. However, to slightly tie into what we've been looking at um, in our invite series, it all comes down to that point of invitation. Our lives and actions might need to be aligned in a way that we are constantly pointing people to Jesus. And that requires us to lay down our own stuff from time to time in order to focus in on others. Paul continues on and gets to the point of why he's encouraging the communities of Jesus' followers to do this. And it's because Jesus is our role model. Jesus is the one that we are not only called to follow, but to to emulate, to be more like each and every day of our lives. He is the, the good shepherd. And as I said in the, the call to worship earlier, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Paul reminds us exactly what it means to look like him as he continues on from verse 6 in what we know as the Christ hymn in the book of, or the letter to the Philippians. And he says that while Jesus was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Paul reminds us that Jesus is God, but he doesn't come to earth to use it to his advantage. Exactly the opposite. If there's anything that anyone knows about Jesus regardless of whether they would consider to be a follower of his or not, is that he tended to go to the margins. He goes to those who are seen as lesser in our world. Remember last week, we were looking at the idea of Jesus going to the outsider. Jesus just seems to gravitate towards those who need him the most. He doesn't lord it over people in ways that some in positions of power and authority in our world tend to do. They get a little bit of power, and it goes to their heads, and they forget that with that power they're called to serve others, to do their absolute best to serve others. Paul continues on in verse 7, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness. God wanted to fully experience what it meant to be us, his creation. God clearly could have came to earth in some other form and just transformed it. But he wants us to learn for ourselves. He wants us to do the things that we feel and understand are right because we're following Jesus and that we're connected to him, not because we've had it enforced upon us. It's just amazing to me that God would come and want to walk amongst us, want to experience the things that, that we experience, you know, the joy of life, the joy of companionship and family, the wonderful expressions of love that we see in our world, that sense of accomplishment when we do things. 
Jesus' main ministry started when he was 30. We know that he probably went into the family business when he came of age. And I can just imagine that sense of accomplishment when Jesus created his first table or the first door that he, he was able to hang as a carpenter. That sense of accomplishment. I reckon that Jesus would have been really good at it. Maybe not in the beginning. But just like us, he wanted to experience that learning process. And I don't know about you, but that amazes me. That God cared so much about us that he wanted to come and experience life as we experience it. He comes in the person of Jesus and that he would empty himself and take on that human likeness. Paul continues on, where he says, being found in human form, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. As we read through the Gospels, there are so many times that we just want to shout at Jesus to walk away. Walk away. So many times that he could have gotten off the train that was directly heading towards the cross. We read these stories. There are so many times that Jesus could have just walked away and all those who were looking to tear him down would have just got on with their life. Threat averted. Jesus is gone. But as Paul highlights, Jesus was obedient to the call on his life. Jesus knew that this, this purpose that he had, this, this whole point of him coming to walk amongst us was that he was to walk straight towards the cross in order that our entire world would be redeemed. And it's through that obedience that Jesus was rewarded. We read in verses 9 to 11, God also highly exalted him, gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the one who we should model. And as we come this morning reflecting on the idea of giving, and we come to that understanding that ultimately the things that we have we cannot hold on to and have forever, just like that jar of perfume. Life is fleeting. And we are called to the same things that Jesus was called to, that we are called to use the resources that God has given us to reach out, serve those that find themselves on the outside. We are called to those who find themselves on the margins, that we would have minds that were closely resembling those of Jesus. And when we find ourselves in that place, that understanding that we're called to be Jesus' hands and feet and mind to our world, 
we also come to that understanding that so often we fail to meet those standards. And even although we so desperately try to be more like Jesus each and every day, ultimately, we fail. There are some days that we are really, really good. Some days that we are really great at, at serving others and putting the, the, the needs of others before our own. But then there's other times that we're not. Times that we really struggle. And it's not that we go into our day intending to, to fail, but it's okay. Because we're not condemned by it. It's the reason we need Jesus. We're not called to do all this stuff in our own strength. As Paul says, we have the opportunity to share in the Holy Spirit's guidance and wisdom. There's a hymn called Father Eternal, Ruler of Creation. And there are two lines in it. And this is what it says. Lust of possession causes desolations. Meekness is honored nowhere on the earth. That's bleak. But that's the problem. We live in a world that so often reveres selfish pride. Individuals. It revolves around the idea of possessions. That if we have more, then we have access to more power and more authority. And for those who have little, they have less power and less authority. It's almost a natural thing for us to gravitate to that place of wanting to hold on to the possessions for ourselves, to grow our own personal wealth. And it's not that having great financial wealth is a sin or that it's a barrier to, to receiving from Jesus. Far from it. It just becomes more difficult. We might reflect on the, the young rich ruler who comes to Jesus and asks, you know, how do, I, how do I get into this kingdom? And Jesus says, well, you need to go and get rid of all of your possessions. They're holding you back. And we read that that, that young man walks away sad. He doesn't give up his possessions. He knows it's too tough. It's hard. But the thing is, the vast majority of us in the Western world are rich. We might not think we are, but the thing is, if we know that we are able to have a bed to sleep in, that we know that we have a meal coming, we turn the tap and we have access to clean water, These are things that we probably take for granted on a daily basis. But these are things that for people in other parts of the world are just a dream. And unfortunately, there are many people in our country too that don't have access to these things either. That's a sin. That's not the kingdom. We're called to serve people and bring more of the kingdom values into our world. 
You see, the thing is, our natural tendencies might be to follow the, the examples and the ideas of the world. And it's in those times that we need to rely heavily on the guidance and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, that we might be guided away from that and back towards Jesus, the one who we are called to have our focus on. See, one of the major calls to action over these last few decades, and certainly the majority of my life, is that we would see a more equal distribution of the planet's resources and wealth. And if that were to happen, then we would see a very, very different world, a better world. But the problem is possession and ownership, and those get in the way. I'm going to share a, a wee story with you, not to make me sound amazing, because I don't think I do, actually, when I come out of this story. But when my sister and I were children, at Christmas time, we would receive selection boxes and various other boxes of sweets. And as a child, I wasn't too bothered about sweets. I wish that I could say that now, but I know that I'd be lying but at that time, I was always more interested in playing with my, my toys and reading my books and whatever musical things I'd been given at Christmas time. I always preferred to do all that stuff than, than eat my sweets. My sister, however, she made a beeline straight for the sweets first. And it would get to a point where she would have a very small pile left. And I would have all of mine left. And it would be at that point that she would suggest that it would be a great idea if we just put all of our sweets together, Neil, and we could put them all in a tub, and then we could share them during the Christmas holidays. I agreed to do this. I thought it was a great idea. Let's go ahead with that. Now, either I was completely gullible or just a really great big brother. I'd like to think it was the latter. However, I think it's probably a bit of both. The thing is, we are actually called to that kind of selfless sharing. And it's so annoying that it seems to come so easy to children that it becomes more difficult the older we get. Of this need to hang on to things. And I think as we move into this, this new world, post-COVID, this new Church of Scotland, post-COVID, calls us to have a period of reflection. What does good and, and godly stewardship look like? How do we steward our own personal things, our finances, our time, our resources? And how do we do that as a church? What does that look like? How do we do it humbly? That we don't feel like we're doing it out of a sense of duty. That it's just an overflow, an outpouring of our recognition that we've been granted so many blessings from God. That we want to give back. That others might be served. So you might be asking the question, why did we decide to ring-fence money, the money that we raised today? Why did we ring-fence it to fix a roof? It's a building. 
It's not people on the margins or in some sort of need like the things that I'd highlighted earlier. You might be thinking that the money could go to other causes. You might have a good case because there are many, many things that we could have set aside that money for. But we need to recognize that we have been blessed with a wonderful facility here in Stonelaw. And this is an opportunity, an opportunity that not only would it continue to be, but continue to grow to be an even greater community space, a space for, for worship, a mission station, a place where we can be equipped to go and to serve God and the people in our parish and beyond. And that's why we need to make sure that we are being good stewards of the facility that we have here, that we don't lose out on that amazing opportunity that we have to use Stonelaw Church as a facility. That it might be a huge blessing to not only our parish, but for all of those in the wider Rutherglen area and indeed anyone who wishes to set foot here. And that's the challenge to us this morning. As we have received these blessings from God, how are we going to respond to that? Are we going to lay down our pride, ask the Holy Spirit to help us to have that same mind as Jesus? And I'm not going to tell you how to, how to proceed with your own stewardship because that's between you and God. It's not for me or anyone else to, to say anything. But I know that as I was reading these passages this week, and as I was reflecting on, on stewardship, it was a real challenge for me. And I'm so thankful for the blessings that God has given me in my life. The huge blessing of getting to be here. that it's now really important that, that I contribute and give back with everything that I can. And we have an opportunity this morning to give and to contribute to a project that will help us with the ministry and the mission moving forward here in Stonelaw Church. And as I come to a, a close, I'm not going to leave you with a, a rallying call, but instead I'm going to leave you with a few questions that you might want to reflect on for yourself. The first question is, in your life, what are the ways that God has been so generous to you? In what ways have you been blessed? Secondly, having received that generosity of God, how easy do you find it to be generous to others? Is it something that comes naturally to you? Or is it something that you have to work hard at? And in those times where you've generously given, how did it make you feel? Did you experience a, a sense of joy that you were able to help another person? And finally, what are the barriers? What are the barriers that are there to you experiencing that joy 
that it might lead you to having a humble gratitude. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, you are the the King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for your example. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. We're aware that there are times that we, we stumble and fall, that we fail to live up to the standards. But we're thankful that with you there is grace and there is mercy. We pray that by your Holy Spirit you would inspire us. You would give us a wisdom and a courage. That we would take our focus away from the worldly desires and have our focus firmly on our role model, Jesus. That we are his sheep and he is our good shepherd. So would you help us that out of our, our thankfulness and our love for you, that it would be an outpouring. Would you help us with our stewardship? That might be, we would be better, good and godly stewards of the things that you've given us. Our finances, our time, our talents. And may they be put to the use of serving you and others each and every day of our lives. All this we ask in your precious name. Amen.